Well, I always like to start with a hello to our listeners. I appreciate that you're listening, and I know that you will enjoy what happens today with conversation and poetry and some opportunities coming up, because today this talk with me is with one of my favorite people in the whole world, Annette Billings, who is a poet amongst other things. My favorite label for Annette was was given to her by somebody else, and that is that Annette Billings is the supermodel of love, and that fits so perfectly, so perfectly. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yes. So, Annette, welcome to this talk with me with lots of exciting things coming up. Oh, good morning. Good morning. I'm always happy, always happy to be with you. This was one of my, well, one of my favorite shows to be involved with because you were one of my favorite people to be involved with. It's mutual. So, and I think we need to extend to, of course, Maria Vasquez Boyd at Art Speak Radio in KKFI because she is also amongst the awesome people who are doing art, yes. promoting art, and it's always yes, she is her as well. And I know you got to talk to her recently too, which is very great. I did just uh, just a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for people who have not yet met you, how about a little bit of background about who you are, Ms. Annette Billings? I am uh, pretty much a lifelong Topekan. For four decades, I was a registered nurse, a profession that I loved, absolutely loved, and I am still actually a nurse, but I also have always had a, a deep uh, affection for and passion around uh, writing and poetry and arts of all kinds. So, so about uh, two years ago, I retired early from nursing, and I have been a full-time poet since 2015. I've had the pleasure of uh, publishing uh, two books so far, and I'm working on my third, and I'm just immersed in poetry and poets, and I'm very happy. That's wonderful. Poetry is so good, and, and you have a special gift both in your presentation. You're such a, a beautiful person performing your poetry. I always yeah. want people to have yeah. that experience of hearing you in your voice as well as your words on the page. Speaking I, I have a, uh, the, the opportunity and pleasure of being involved in theater from pretty much since uh, junior high or middle school, as they call it now. And theater has also been a wonderful artistic outlet for me. So I like to bring those elements of theater forward in order to enhance words. So I think they work together well, and yes. I, uh, I enjoy doing that. Yes, 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 because it, it adds so many more layers of meanings when you are speaking your own poetry, whether it's yeah. tender or sensual or funny or whatever, but it's it's magnified by by your way of presenting it so beautifully. So I know our, our listeners will get to get a, a few glimpses of that in today's show. And and I also know there's a lot going on in the world and, and I don't know if we want to start here. I, or, I do. Yeah. I, I'd like to start there. Yeah. Just uh, some moments to, to think about and remember a, a young woman that was murdered yesterday here in Topeka. Her name is Viviana and she was murdered by her estranged husband uh, leading 
two small children, and I just wanted to, to leave a, a, a space for her in our in our thoughts and as we go about our day, and to think about what we can do about it. Mm-hmm. That's beyond just feeling bad about it. What are what are things that we can do? Whether it's a donating, volunteering, sharing information, and above all, teaching our boys and our girls how to be in respectful relationships with each other from the time that they are infants and can understand words and actions. So just um, remembering Viviana, her children, her family, her friends, and those women and men still in dangerous situations. Yes. Thank you for allowing me to do that. Yes, you're welcome. And 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 I think it's it's so important personally that we can talk and acknowledge that there's hard stuff in the world and we can all make a difference. And, yes, and also yes. we not forget those individuals who have passed in whatever kinds of ways. But in this particular case it it's so sad and unfortunately not infrequent. That no, not at all. More dangerous for a person after. Yes, yes. Uh, Viviana had Viviana Viviana had uh, was in the midst of um, leaving that relationship. She had left it. She had left it, which mm-hmm. is often usually the most dangerous time mm-hmm. when you're trying to escape. And I myself am a survivor now, thriving of domestic violence. So it is it, uh, very personal. Very personal. Yes. Yes. And so Viviana, her home was Topeka. Topeka has services for people who are in dangerous relationships. Yes. Yes. The Center for Safety and Empowerment, which is at our YWCA. It's a wonderful, wonderful organization. And for people who are in other parts of this country, a starting point is the National Domestic Violence Hotline to find out about what is in your area because there is support everywhere. And, and so that, that's one of those things we want people to know. There's help available. And also that part of the help is we need to be also aware of each other. We need to be able to ask questions when somebody feels, looks like they're not feeling so well or yeah, has yeah. an injury and, and be able to talk privately about it. You know, how may I help, you know, letting yes. people tell what they can tell and helping people know there is support. Because one of the things we know about domestic violence, emotional and physical violence in relationships is that it undermines our self-confidence and it often Absolutely. Yes. us so much. And so yeah. we, we need to have other people being able to help us get to help some Yeah, and to speak for us. There's, there's such a, um, a notion of invisibility when you're uh, a victim. And sometimes it just helps to hear someone say, Annette, I have noticed that. Mm-hmm. Because it, it makes you feel visible and alive. And it gives you that opportunity to talk about things where you, you might not actually take the initiative to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so so we can we can do things, and I and I and I appreciate that. That's part of what you said in in your remembering Viviana is that we can all do things, and that's that's important that we not yes, feel very helpless much so. and hopeless, but that we take action. Yeah, even if it's a small thing, 
even a tiny thing makes a, an impact. It really does. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you for, for bringing that to our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And and I know issues like that show up in your poetry. So many Did you? And, and one of the things I like to be able to do is to, is to write about it, you know, and to share about that and present it uh, in poetry as an opportunity to, uh, to do something. Poetry is part of my activism. It is. Uh-huh. Well, tell us a little bit about that or show us a little bit about that. I know both will come out, but how, how did you move, not move, but how did you know that your poetry, your writing needed to also be about activism? I think when I thought about the kinds of things that were important to me, I really wanted those to show forth in my words. Mm-hmm. So, so much of my life has been about uh, those people who are sometimes overlooked or who don't have their own voice. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, I've used writing for them and writing as a person who's felt overlooked at times, that that was a way that I could... Um, Share what was important to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it, there's a there's plenty of poems about flowers. You know? So uh, I'll let the poems about flowers uh, speak for themselves. I I don't mind writing about the hard things, mm-hmm. the things that are sometimes difficult to speak about, mm-hmm. and writing about hope too. Writing mm-hmm. very much writing about hope, mm-hmm. and to remind people that even in the midst of loss, in the midst of violence, there is still Hope and, and thinking about hope not in terms of a uh, just a subtle quiet thing that we do, but as a dynamic uh, way of looking at life. Mm-hmm. I see hope as very dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's natural because you've you've put that out here to to speak to some things that are going on really soon. That that some projects yes. that you're involved. Yeah. Um, I have the pleasure of partnering with Diane Silver, who is a Lawrence resident, a Lawrence poet, and we are doing a workshop on the 17th there in Lawrence, and we're doing it at the Unity Church that's on, I I believe it's Madeline Court. And this workshop will be an opportunity for for she and I to share our work that has been uh, written out of hope and to also invite attendees to talk about and write about the things, people, places that bring them hope in their lives. And it is uh, on the 17th from 9 to 11.30 there at the Unity Church, and we just welcome uh, people to come out, those that are interested in uh, ways to uh, invite, sustain, and nurture hope in their lives. That should be and all then, of us. <laughs> This is the first time that Diane and I have have, uh, collaborated on something like this. And so we we are uh, looking forward to it very, very much and and hoping that that it'll it'll be a means of people feeling more hopeful in their lives. And then the the night before, June 16th, at the Raven Bookstore, Diane and I will be reading from our works that have centered around hope. And uh, we're looking forward to that. And so that's uh, Friday the 16th, so actually a week from today, at the Raven at 7 o'clock. Great. And those are both events in Lawrence. And for people yeah. who aren't familiar with the location of the 
what I would say that the, how I how I get there and how I think it's maybe easy to find is that um, there's a big intersection at Ninth and Iowa in Lawrence, Kansas, and amongst other things, the community mercantile uh, the is there at Ninth and Iowa. Ninth Street is what you continue west on if you're coming from the east. Um, so I'll just say it that way. If you're coming from the east, because not everybody is, but if you're coming from the east, the, the Unity Church of Lawrence is just a few blocks west of Ninth and Iowa. So if you're coming from the west and you get to the section of Iowa, turn around and go back a couple blocks. <laughs> It really that's, that's is easy. Great. It's, it's it's easy to find, even though Madeline Lane is in a is in a street that many of us have been on, maybe. <laughs> and of course, the Raven Bookstore is on Seventh Street between Mass and New Hampshire Street in downtown Lawrence. And so yeah. it's it's so it's to me it's really exciting and it's, and it's interesting because as I had talked to Diane Silver a while ago and learned about the the book that she had just published and and talk you know have known you for a few years now and i started realizing that i also have several other writer friends who are really helping other people learn to write because it is so beneficial yeah. and it comes across yeah. in really different ways i have a, a friend in long island new york a poet named rob plath Rob is a poet and a photographer and and a painter and mostly is known for his poetry. And Rob has this book, and I, I, I have a copy of it. I don't have it in front of me, but his is called Acts for a Frozen Sea, which is his book of writing exercises. And, and, and then um, my friend, and I think you may have met her before, Iris Heckman, who's a poet, who or Iris Craver? This is this is. I apologize, Iris, because I've known you with three different last names. <laughs> um, Iris Heckman, Iris Wilkinson, Iris Craver. These are all the same um, different names at different times for the same person. Iris Craver has yes. a book out. She's she's been teaching at Washburn, and her book is called "Right to the Source: A Journaling Guide for Recovery." And I mentioned Rob and Iris's books only because it, to me it emphasizes that this is such an important thing for people to be able to communicate. And, Absolutely. and yes. to me, it's about not keeping secrets. And sometimes yes. the starting yes. point is writing, right? It's just writing. Yes. Yeah. Writing for your own, I say writing for your own soul's sake. It, it can be such a powerful thing to do, putting it, putting it down in words. I, in my nursing career, one of the things I used to do is to give education to diabetics, and I would teach them about keeping track of their blood sugars. And they have found that it's much more meaningful for a person to write down their blood sugar as opposed to, you know, punching it in a computer or on some kind of electronic device. So I think the actual process of writing things down does something in our brain that nothing else does, just the act of writing, putting down in words what your thoughts and feelings are. That makes sense uh, to me, like yeah, intuitively, yeah. because I, I experience it very differently when I'm writing on a keyboard versus when I'm writing with a pen yes, on yeah. paper. Yes. 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 
and I, I, I do most of my writing by a keyboard just because of uh, productivity's sake. Uh-huh. But there are times that I have to go back to that paper and pen when I am trying to, to really put the, the right words to a thought or a feeling. So there, there's just something about that process that's very deep and meaningful to us, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So give us just a little hint about what kinds of things, a little bit more about what will happen in the workshop, because I, I know that, that it's not just for people who are writers who want to polish oh, their no, writing. Oh, no, not at all. Oh, yeah. you know, the ability uh, to write <laughs> is not a prerequisite at all for this workshop. Uh, one of the things we'll, we'll be doing is, of course, starting out with uh, uh, gentle introductions, and then we'll probably move into what does hope mean to you and invite the attendees to either speak or write about the kinds of things that uh, signify hope for them. And then we'll do some exercises around identifying those people, places, and or things that bring about hope in our personal lives, because that will look very different for for each person. And that's, that's a great reminder that it's it's not it's like almost everything in life. It's not that there is one way that heals you or helps you through this thing. We have different yeah. things yeah. that have meaning for us, that are helpful for us, that are accessible for us, that that are a good fit for our personalities, that that fit with our physical abilities. That all these different variables yeah. about who we are as people, and so it really is helping us learn about what what is our way what are our tools that you know how we're going to put that together and it may somebody I can imagine somebody may come to the workshop and end up realizing well part of what I need to do is to be able to draw with my words and somebody else may you know have different ways that they want to write you know just and it's like what works for you is what's important yeah yeah and we'll also invite uh, attendees to, to think about things in their community that uh, represent hope to them or those that, things that tend to pull on our reservoirs of hope. And when we talk, talk about uh, community, that isn't necessarily uh, where you live, but uh, who your village is, you know, who, yes. who's around you. Yes. And I think that's such an important reminder because I think for a lot of people, for a lot of reasons, a big part of our community is a set of people who our contact is primarily through technology, through electronic communications. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've yeah. I've had a lot of contacts in the gosh, especially in the past week. Well, actually, it was it, I'll just say in the past week with somebody who's very dear to me, Wolfgang Karstens, who's in. Um, near Ed- Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and and he's mm-hmm. a poet and a publisher, and we've not yet been in the same room, but oh. we, we've been sh- sharing some things related to some experiences, and you know his 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 way of processing through poetry, and and my way also, of course, includes talk with people um, in that, you know, I I do that counseling and support groups and such for people. And, and, and I realize how important my communications with Wolf are, you know, even though 
my only picture of him is because of pictures I've seen on his books and in Facebook, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. But, but he's an, an, an important part. And Rob Plath, who I mentioned, and, you know, so there are people who who are some of our support people, some of those people who's, who are there for us and we're there for, we, we aren't physically in the same community. And maybe yes, because yes. Aren't anymore, you know. There are lots of ways, and and I think that's important to mention because sometimes people think about. Sometimes we think in black and white. It's either this or that. Social yes, media yes. is either good or bad. It's like no, actually, yes, yes. it's like everything else. It can be it provides an opportunity. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a, a depth of quality relationships that can be formed. Uh, because of social media. It's just, yeah. Again, it's like how we, we use it. Yeah. yeah. And I would like to, if you're, if you're willing to, to prompt you to, to have you share about your book, Descants for a Daughter, both oh, there's a, there's yeah. kind of a technology link in my memory of how it got started, yeah. um, what those Descants uh, were, and, and also to, for you to share some. They are so wonderful. Oh, I'd love to do that. I, um, had begun texting my daughter um, every day or so when she was going through a difficult time in her life. I would uh, just text her some um, meaningful words or, or make up uh, an affirmation for her just so it would be a positive uh, part of her day. Or sometimes I'd email it to her, but it was my way of using every means I had to show my love and support for her. So uh, it began to be kind of a habit between us that I would I would text her these things. And I realized over time that I had quite a collection of things that I had uh, created and texted to her. And I thought, if, if I want to be of encouragement to my daughter, how much bigger could that be if I collected these as a, a means of intelligence, conversation, and support for all daughters, and not just our daughters, but our our sons, or however anyone identifies themselves regarding to their gender. So I decided to compile them and, and collect them and put them in a book. Now, the term uh, descants, which is D-E-S, C-A-N-T-S. It's actually a musical term. You know, with a, a song, there is the melody, but with some songs, there is a high independent part that's sung above the melody, and that's called a death camp. And I titled this book Death Camp for a Daughter because it is my hope and, and my prayer that our daughters and sons live lives above the melody, lives that transcend the ordinary, that they live their their best and most musical life. And so uh, the, that term, uh, Descants, really uh, felt like uh, an appropriate tie-in for what I was uh, trying to impart with the book. And it's, so it's a way of encouraging everyone to to make their own music and sing their own unique songs. Mm -hmm. And as you can tell, music is another uh, important uh, art in my life. I love it very much. Mm -hmm. And I'll just read a couple of of them. And instead of titling them, they're they're just um, numbers. 
And this is number 24. Be at peace with questions that vex you. Some answers may stay mute to your mind, but will converse freely with your soul. Number 27. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 27. Pay no mind to those who accuse you of being too full of yourself. Who else should you be full of if not yourself? And what else should you be but full? That's lovely. (laughs) And number 32. Pay close heed to the lineage of women from which you came. No wonder thunder emulates you. So they're just, I, I see them as mechanisms for reminding us of just how, how marvelous we all are. Yes. And to, to consider ourselves unique and precious and, and valuable, each yes. of us. Yeah. Because we can lose sight of that. Very much way. so. Very much so. Yeah. And and I have, I'm trying to think, I think I have at this point bought four copies of Descants. One most recently went to my niece after her college graduation, um, Catrice Conover, and she is loving this, this book. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yes, yes, yes. And one went to one of my longtime friends, Marcy Gilliland, who, so Descants is really special to me. And I, I loved my niece and her reaction. And, and also I have to share that I gave a copy to a longtime friend of mine, Marcy Gilliland, who lives in Pullman, Washington, um, ah. which is a university community. And she has two daughters. And for that December birthday holiday time, I sent Marcy a copy of Descants, which she first said, I had to wait to to write you about this because I waited till I could really savor the words in this book and just went on and on about how much it meant to me. And then how she had shared specific ones already with her daughters. And it was like, yes, this is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. That was great. And another copy of the book I I loan as the kind of the lending library I have with people who I do counseling and support groups with who tend to have a lot going on in their lives. Um, Not all the people I work with, but a lot of people I work with have a lot of of times when depression, anxiety, suicide are, are something that they're living with and working through. And and each time I've loaned Descants to somebody, they come back with how meaningful this is, how beautiful this is. And everybody has some favorites that they have copied and that they keep with them. You know, and, and obviously I would I would love for people, everybody, but not, not everybody can buy the book. I guess that's what I'm saying. So so I love also being able to loan as as well as just in case it doesn't come back, which you know I can live with, I still have my yes. own copy, always. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So I love having that so much. I really do. And 
And then um, I guess, oops, we need to take a break. In fact, I'm a little out of order. I went on longer than I meant to. That happens sometimes. Um, yep. We're going to hear from a couple of the local businesses that sponsor lawrencehits.com here in Lawrence, Kansas. And then we're going to be back. We've got so many things that we want to talk about. The half hour isn't going to be enough, but we will do our best listeners. So stay tuned. and We'll be right back. And of course, we thank Daniel Smith for letting people hear this. All right. And we'll be back. So you are back with Annette Billings and me, Marsha Epstein, for Talk With Me. And I was talking about Annette's book, Desk Cancer. And I also want to give a huge shout out to the book, Annette Full of Hope, which I love that book, Annette. And I've always loved that book. And the poem, What You Allow Lingers, continues to be a poem that I have with me always. We we know that. Yeah, in April it's National Poetry Month, and there's a day that's called Poet Poem in Your Pocket Day. But I carry this one with me always, and there are times when I've pulled it out to share with people in other places that I've been. It's like I think there are some words from my friend Annette that you will appreciate hearing that will be good. So so I want to remind people and those who can buy the books, you will be so glad. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Marcia. Thank you, Annette. So we've got we've got things and things and more things to talk about. Where should we go next? Well, I have two very special friends of mine that were married this past Saturday. We're, we're recording on the 12th. And two beloved friends of mine, Sue Edgerton and Lisa Johnston, were married June 10th, which also happens to be Lisa's birthday. And I just want to give them a shout out and a, a loving wish for many, many years of love and passion and fun. Yes. Lisa and Sue. Yes. I can't yes. imagine Sue and Lisa without fun. <laughs> I know. I know. And at the end of their ceremony, which was in a lovely garden, they skipped out. Of the oh, garden, how sweet. Which was so, so typical and, and so, so sweet. So Sue and Lisa Edgerton Johnson now. And the lovely Phoebe. We can't forget Phoebe. Yes, and Phoebe. Yes, who had a wonderful part in the ceremony, too. Uh, She sang a song with one of her cousins, and it was just, it was awesome. Oh, beautiful. Things like that give me chills in just such a wonderful, happy way. And that's one of those things that it's like we need to, every day, we need to make sure we're paying attention to some exactly. joys and happiness highlights, those kinds of things. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, think right. it is, I think it is the, the presence of joy and happiness in our lives is the one thing for me that, mm-hmm. that helps the dark times be more bearable. You know, mm-hmm. with, uh, with today being the anniversary of uh, the murders of 49 people in Orlando at the Pulse Club. It, mm-hmm. it, parts of it are a very dark and uh, sad day. Yes. Yes. You know, in the in the LGBT community, when we want to ask someone if they're uh, LGBT or Q, we will often ask them, "Are you family?" You know, it's kind of code mm-hmm. for, you know, mm-hmm. "Are you one of us?" Mm-hmm. And so, with with the deaths of all those people. Last year, we truly had a death in the family in in many ways, and we continue to grieve. Yes. We continue to grieve. Yes. And, and and in my grieving, I, I am more determined 
than ever to to live on and to love on. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a a poem that I wrote oh, last year, shortly after the murders. And I, I don't know if we, if we have time for me to to share that this morning. We do. That would be lovely, Annette. Okay. And when I when I was thinking about uh, those sons and daughters, the first feelings that came to me were that of a mother and what it would feel like to to, to send your son out for a, a, a son or daughter out for a night of uh, play and partying and for them not to come home, not to mm-hmm. come home. Mm-hmm. So um, this poem is called Endless, and it's written from the perspective of a mother that uh, sent her son out that night for a, a night of partying. Endless. Before my beautiful, sepia son left me that night, I drew him to me, enfolded him against my breast, and he pulled away in mock disapproval as I tried to plant endless kisses on his smiling face. He tried to wipe away every place my lips landed, and in return, I kissed him all the more. I swatted him like he was still five. I reminded him a mother always kisses like it is her last. And he countered that I would live to kiss him well past a hundred, long enough to be abuela many times. I slipped a folded $20 bill and three condoms in the back pocket of his jeans. He reached back and laughed at me, even when I sternly made him swear to use them, and he joked he'd always have need for the money. He danced me around the room on Miami salsa as I matched him step for step. Be careful tonight, mijo. His reply, me, mama, always. When he strode out the door into the evening air, a chill told me someone had just walked across my grave. Hours later, I startled awake to an odd call. My son's voice, a muffled, Mama, the sound of fireworks. The post club was near, and I got there even before sirens to see a body carried out. And I wailed to see this slain son was mine. I fought EMS workers when they tried to take him from me like I battled the nursery nurses the night he was born. I knew they could provide no treatment better than the cure of his mother's arms. Before my beautiful, sepia son left me that night, I enfolded him, drew him to my breast. He lay still as I planted endless kisses like they were my last. Yeah, I think of all the mothers and 
fathers and partners and lovers who lost loved ones that night and yeah. just encourage myself to remember to live on and to and to love on and to look for joy and beauty everywhere that I I find it and lift that up as well as the sadness as well as the grief to lift up the beauty too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that combination of never forgetting and and doing things to make a difference in the world to keep making this yeah. a better place yeah, you know, that, yeah. That there's so much, uh, and I and I know that when we were talking in the first half of the show, that that there's there's that reminder is that it's always about what we can do to make this a good world, a safer world for all. Um, yeah, and, yeah. Unfortunately, and we can. Just gonna say, unfortunately, we, sometimes the prompt is is something terrible like you know, a death in Topeka of a woman yeah, and yeah. husband and, yeah. and pulse and unfortunately way too many of those things. But then we get back to being fueled by the light that's also in the world. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And sometimes, you know, I wonder, Annette, are you doing enough? I mean, in the big scheme of things, what difference will your poems make but I always come back to the answer that they are a part of my ap- activism. My mm-hmm. writing, uh, presenting, sharing is a big part of my of my activism, and re- reminding people to uh, be to, to shine their light, to stay well lit, you know, so that we can be a positive influence in our world, in our intimate world, and in the world at large too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the one of the desk camps that. Um, I wrote, begins, you are a gem, uh-huh. an extraordinary prism. Keep positioning yourself so the light strikes you just right. Uh, I had the opportunity to, to talk to about half a dozen uh, girls that belong to a group here in Topeka called Girls on the Run, uh-huh. and it's uh, one run by the YWCA, and it just encourages young girls to be active and to be healthy uh, mentally, physically, and spiritually. And we talked together about prisms and how in one way it just looks like a, a, a fancy cut piece of glass, but when the light strikes it, you know, it, it uh, just broadcasts all these beautiful colors. And I use that as an opportunity to, to remind them to be in positions that show their both Show, show their best light and to uh, seek out friends that help them share their light. So, Wonderful. It, yeah, it was, a, it was a great opportunity. And they were around, I think, 10 to 12 years of age. So just using the poetry to kind of help them think about what's important in their life. Yeah, that's so sweet. And so that, yeah. that shows you one way that your your art, your poetry is motivating is activating is is encouraging so much goodness and and i was thinking i was i heard a quote um that dave lowenstein who's a muralist an amazing person activist and artist and is known internationally for his murals and happens to not happens but has chosen to live here in lawrence kansas he shared a quote from james baldwin 
about art, which really speaks a lot to me as I've been so drawn to art as an extension of the passion that I have for, for social work and helping people yeah, have yeah. lives that are really good. And, and the quote from James Baldwin is, the purpose of art is to lay bare the questions that have been hidden by the answers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To really thinking about possibilities and acting on those possibilities. I think that's, that's, there's so much power. You know, I know there, there's been a lot of controversy in this past month about artists, um, particular comics who have used certain language and photographs, images, whatever, yeah. and, and yeah. whether that's okay or not. And, you know, that, that is, what if, what if art offends, you know, is that something that should be prohibited and, and that reminder. And, and it was interesting because it was, I was listening to something on NPR and it was Jim Carrey who was speaking up and saying, you know, this is sort of the last um, of who can, the artists, comedians, et cetera, are people who can say things that other people can't say when they need to be said, yes. you know, it's yes. yes. so important. So I, I value what you do. And, and more than that, because this is a big thing for me, I, and I'm saying this to our listeners as something to think about. I don't just love what you and that Billings do, but I love who you are and how who you are emanates in every experience people have of you, whether it's through reading your words on the page or hearing your voice on the radio or you know, seeing you someplace you are this person who, who, as you've been christened, the supermodel of love. It's so appropriate <laughs> because that's who you are. And that's what people experience, you know? Yeah. And, and that yeah. is so important. Not just how many activities do you do, you know, but yeah. who you yeah. are. Thank you. Well, you know, that title, Supermodel of Love, I, I just adore that because I'm, I'm probably – uh, opposite of, of what most people would think of as a, a supermodel, I'm short and and fat, <laughs> and I love that. I love that about me. And you know, uh, I am a person who has experienced in my childhood and in young adulthood some very, very dark, soul-rending things. Mm-hmm. But my response to those through good therapy and through a very loving community of people is to be even more loving, uh, and yes. that may sound uh, odd, but for all the reasons that I could be bitter or angry or um, isolated, I use those as as reasons to be even more open, open and accepting mm-hmm. and and loving. So I I very much I feel like I'm intentional in my loving and in my uh, acceptance because it, it is it's a Sometimes joy is a, a choice, you know. Sometimes to respond positively takes a lot of intention. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that people feel uh, loved and accepted around me. Yes. <laughs> <I love that>. yes. <laughs> and that it has a bonus because all of that comes back to me, you know, uh-huh. at least where I, I believe that all things considered, it, it's a wonderful life full of very loving people and very exciting opportunities. Yes. So, uh, those six young girls that I read to uh, this past week are every bit as important to me as 
reading in front of a crowd of, of hundreds. You know, it's uh, those individual listening ears that are, are very valuable to me. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I just turned down. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, what, what, it's just what a gift for those kids. It's, it's one of those things that we probably appreciate as we, as we are adults of different ages that we realize that the nurturing, the opportunities, the smiles, the, the kind looks, the encouragement that we get from people when we're really young make huge differences in yeah. our lives. Yeah. Especially yeah. those who who are living in what may be more chaotic emotionally and physically um, environments. And it, it is truly those little things, oh, things that we consider little, that can have just enormous impact on life. You know, a kind word, uh, noticing that someone is, uh, trying their best, you know, a compliment. Just being very mindful of of of, of children and and young people, it can make such an impact on my life. Yeah. And I always say that that I am the result of a loving mother, and also some phenomenal teachers oh. who who took the time to um, find out what was important to me and to and to really help me to maximize my gifts. And none of those teachers that I had knew what was going on in my uh, home life or personal life. Mm -hmm. But they somehow knew that uh, through art and through education, uh, there was something very valuable that they could give to me. And I, I, I appreciate them. I, I love educators. I love them. I really do. That's wonderful that you had such good experiences. And, and I know just in terms of thinking about input, the things that are on my mind because of recent things. I was doing something and I'm listening to NPR and so the actress Selma Hayek was speaking with, I believe it was probably Terry Gross, Fresh Air, but I was really so fo focused on Selma that I wasn't paying attention to who she was talking with. But she was talking a lot about the way that because she is from Mexico, she was treated differently than other actresses. And she was presumed mm. to be yeah. only qualified for roles that stereotypically Mexican women would actually have in real life. So yes. as she said, she had to fight to, to not only be the cook, you know, those kinds of roles. And, and that she later, that she said, unfortunately, she actually had to sue some people to be able oh, to create yes. those opportunities. But that also she got some thank yous later from some of those people who she pushed to recognize her as a talented actress, to consider hiring her as a woman who is Mexican, Mexican-American at this point, who, who had the wonderful talent that they needed, even though she might not have looked and sounded exactly like what they yeah. envisioned in the role. Yeah. And so it's I, good I love when the, we're back. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And, it, and it's good to be in places that recognize all the all all that women have to uh, offer from the time that we are literally you know, through, throughout all our stages in our lives. I'm in my 60s now and loving it, loving it. But uh, one of the death camps that talks about, uh, you know, as we grow older, and it's number 31, and it begins, you are neither approaching the prime of your life 
nor has it already passed. It enters and exits every breath, every day. It rests each sunset to return every dawn. And it, that, that serves as a, a reminder to me that, you know, there is no past tense you know, in life. Mm-hmm. There, there is no, no pride that, I've, uh, that I'm approaching or that I'm on the downhill side of. But, but every, really, every day presents itself as another opportunity, whether I'm mm-hmm. 16 or 36 or 61. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I want to segue us back to one of the reasons we're talking at this time in terms of opportunities. Yes, yes. As I am a true believer that words save lives, I'm really excited that you and Diane are offering an opportunity, well, actually two opportunities coming up. Yes, yes. We're we're very excited too. This is the first time that I've collaborated with Diane Silver, and we are both very, uh, very thrilled to be able to do this. This Friday at the Raven, both she and I will be reading at seven o'clock, and we're uh, reading items, prose, poetry that that centers around hope, either very closely or just as a general theme. And then on Saturday we will be giving a workshop on finding and sustaining hope in your life. And that will be at the Unity Church there in Lawrence, which is on Madeline Road. And there is a, a Facebook event for that, that that has the address on it. And we're looking forward to that. And that is 9 to 11.30 on Saturday. And we, are, we just can't wait. It's the first time we're doing it, and so we'll... Uh, learn from there. Yeah. Yeah. And and I know we talked about that some in the first half of the show, but I, I really hope that people hope. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that people will, inc- will consider and decide, yeah, this is something I want to learn more about because we yeah. can never have too much hope in our lives. No, no. <laughs> there, there are always things, situations, uh, events that tend to drain our, our reserve of hope. So I'm always looking for things that help me refill that and, mm-hmm. and keep it safe. But I think in, in our shared discussion on Saturday and through some of the exercises, I think it will have meaning for people. Yes. I think it will. Yes. And and I was reminded by somebody else, by Iris Craver, that it's it's really helpful to have some guidance in in writing and sort of what to do with writing. And and where I'm coming from with that, because I really agree with Iris on this one, is we there's a difference between being able to communicate and letting go of some of the intensity and communicating in a way that we get stuck in a loop of repeating and re-experiencing the intensity. And so yeah. that's one yeah. of those things where the hope component of your workshop, I know, is is a really big benefit for people because it's 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 writing in a in a certain way, not like this many paragraphs or this many whatever, right. but but right. with a certain goal in the sense of yeah. connecting yeah. to hope, not only rehashing things that are hard in our lives. Yeah, and I, I want to say again that. A writing ability is not a prerequisite for attendance on Saturday. Uh, that we're it's going to be very relaxed, and you don't have to consider yourself a writer or have ever written before. 
it'll mm-hmm. be a component of, of the time that we're sharing on Saturday, but you don't have to be a writer at all. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Do I, I don't know if it really mentions this on the page. Should people be bringing like what they want to write on? You know, is that something? We'll have some, some tablets and some pens available there. But if people are like me and have a favorite writing utensil that they want to bring, that mm-hmm. would be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we'll have paper and, and pen there. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. It'll all be there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, is a nice thing. And I, and I yeah. knew that there would be, but also people are welcome. And, and if somebody's need is to write on technology, I'm assuming... That's fine too, as long as they. Yes, it absolutely is. If they want to bring their their tablet or laptop, I think that would that will be great. It mm-hmm. really will. Mm-hmm. Good, very good. So that's an exciting thing. There are always exciting opportunities. That was a word that you used earlier. In every day, and in, in every way, and and learning yeah. is one of those opportunities that that we're never too old or too busy, you know, to prioritize learning. <laughs> Every day, something yes. new to learn every day. Yes, yes, yes. And and I'm kind of all over the place right now. I'm I'm thinking about so many of your poems and the descants that that I adore, and and the opportunity to hear you. Um, I know that that we're recording after the Gwendolyn's Gwendolyn Brooks. Us, the centennial. Yes. And yes. If you want to say a little bit, a few shout outs, you are most welcome to do that. And I know that this has been a labor of love for you. Yes. yes. I would like to especially thank Eric McHenry, who is our past poet laureate of Kansas. He was our, our planning committee chair for the Gwendolyn Brooks celebration, which, which uh, was a recognition of what would have been her 100th birthday on June 7th. And we had a wonderful turnout on Saturday and marvelous readers, uh, Wyatt Townley, a former uh, poet laureate, and Kim, uh, Kevin, I'm sorry, Kevin Ravis was there, who is now our current poet laureate. And they read and we had uh, established poets and up and coming poets. We had a wonderful uh, contest for middle school and high school students. And oh my goodness, the poems that they created were just phenomenal. And we recognized and rewarded uh, the winners of those two contests on Saturday, too. So it was a great community event. And Kevin Young, who uh, is a native to Pekin, was our featured speaker. He's a marvelous, marvelous poet. So it was a great day. It was. Oh, wonderful. So now that that event has happened and you get to savor the experience and memories, in addition to the writing workshop, what are some of the other things that you have coming up? Well, I think I may have mentioned briefly that on the 23rd in Kansas City, Missouri, at the Cherry Pit Collective, I am doing a, a writing workshop that's called Alpha Women Write Back. And I'll be there with Iris Applequist and Krista Siglin who are two phenomenal Kansas City poets, and we'll be doing a a workshop on writing from a a place of power and owning our power as as women, and we're looking forward to that. Here's another opportunity for me to collaborate with some wonderful poets. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. 
And Maria Vasquez, I think we mentioned that before, uh, has, has been kind of the, the impetus behind this, and I'm, I'm really grateful uh, for her. From KKFI, 9.1. Heartspeed FM. Radio, Wednesdays at noon. Yes. If you yes. can't listen Wednesdays at noon, go to KKFI online and yes. you can hear the podcast. It's so cool. Exactly. I love it. Yeah, because here I, I, I try. I'm not always available to listen to the radio at that time. And then recently, I was like, okay, I can. And I turn on Artspeak. And who do I hear? Annette Billings. <laughs> Say Annette, you're you're always doing something, and uh, for some uh, in some ways, I'm I'm making yeah. up the last lost time. Just having being a writer for the last two years full time, I, I I want to do and be and say and absorb and uh, give back. Yes, yes, yes. Like and you back. do. Oh my goodness, you do, and so so many ways. Yeah. And, and I'm looking forward to World Safe Lives this year. Yes, every year on World Suicide Prevention Day, which is September 10th, which is a Sunday this year, we have an event here in Lawrence with poets and comics and storytellers and musicians. And it's been an even more beautiful event every year than the year before. Yeah. So yes, yeah. definitely looking forward to that too. So many, so many good things. Hey, tell people a little bit about your website because that's one way people can get your books and even get autographed copies of your books. Yes. If, if you purchase books through my website, I will autograph them and mail them directly to you. And my website is Annette Full of Hope, but that is A-N-E-T fullofhope.com. And okay. uh, it, there's also a calendar there that lets people know generally what I'm up to and when I'll be up to that. And there's also some um, videos there of me performing my work. And this year for KU's Chancellor's Report, and I don't know if I told you this, I am the voice behind the video for KU with the Chancellor's Report. Yes. (laughs) And I was so glad to be asked to do that. I did voiceover work for KU. just a several months ago and, and a recording of that is on is in my website too. So that was really fun to do. Yes. And that's and really special because that's the last one for Chancellor Bernadette Gray Little. Yes. So I know but you made it even know. more special yeah. to me. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And Topher. Topher was the one that kinda of got me uh asked to do that. So I'm very grateful to him. Topher Shout Anakin. out to Topher Anakin poet and his lovely partner melody alexander and yes, can't mention those yes. two without and there's a baby coming and there's a lovely there friend is. Shaska, there is. <laughs> we love our poetic community yes 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 and for those who who don't know tofer anna king i'm just gonna say poet laureate kevin rabus is using Topher Enneking journals to write in. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. We have such a rich community, both in Lawrence and in Topeka, in in all of Kent. Very rich community of artists. And part of that Kevin and and Topher connection came thanks to Beth Schultz and the annual poetry fair here in Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Lovely Beth Schultz. So we're at the end of this hour. We've had so many things we've touched on. And I want to 
Yeah, it's it's wonderful and always is wonderful to spend time with Annette in any way. And I want to remind our listeners that this Friday, the 16th of June, this Saturday, the 17th of June, those are the dates we are talking about with this lovely opportunity to hear Annette Silver, Annette Billings and Diane Silver read on yes. Friday the 16th at the Raven and then work with them on Writing for Hope on Saturday the 17th of June here in Lawrence, Kansas, 9 to 1130 a.m. at the Unity Church of Lawrence, which is a, a couple blocks west of 9th and Iowa off of 9th Street. And Annette's website, anetfullofhope.com, is a place to find also Annette Hope Billings' author page on Facebook. So find the information, yeah, yeah. make the connections, go, go to Speakeasy Poets first Wednesday in Topeka. There are lots of yeah. ways. So follow Annette. Lots of ways. <laughs> yes. Experience her, and you'll be so glad you Thank you again, yeah. Annette. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And so long to our listeners. Bye-bye.